With spring right around the corner, maybe you like me, you're excited to get out for longer walks and runs, pick up a new book to read outside, or just get out and explore new neighborhoods and food. Or we could do all three wrapped in one. Our friends over at Read and Run Chicago are expanding to nearby Lamont for three different meetups. The group is like a combination running club, book club, and neighborhood tour, and each route in Lamont is about three miles paired with a different book from Pat Camaliere's Corotazi Historical Mystery Series. Afterwards, you'll get to sit down with the author and historian and sample some food from local restaurants. The first run is Saturday, March 23rd. Spots are limited and are going to go fast. So register now at readandrunchicago.com or find the link on their Instagram at readandrunchicago. Today on CityCast Chicago, as the weather has been getting warmer and warmer, you've probably been noticing more and more bikes on the street. Hell, you probably just seen me out there with my little shorts. But I can tell you, it's not always easy to stay safe on these roads. That's why we're revisiting our conversation with a couple of cyclists from December about tips to keep everybody safe while getting around. Plus, we get an update on some ongoing bike lane projects. It's Tuesday, June 13th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is What Chicago's Talking About. Kyle Lucas and Michael Podgers are with Better Street Chicago. Kyle, Michael, welcome to CityCast. Thanks so much for having us. Thank you for having us. Uh, Kyle, how dangerous is it for cyclists, pedestrians, people using accessibility tools in Chicago? Yeah, we're seeing a really unfortunate trend in Chicago uh, right now of of traffic violence on the rise. And it's not just a Chicago thing. It's a a United States trend. Um, It's actually something that has been some studies shown that we're the only developing nation in the world where post-pandemic, our traffic fatalities have increased whereas almost all other developing nations in the world have found that their traffic fatalities are decreasing. What do you think is the number one contributing trend to that? It's a really simple answer. It's our infrastructure. There are so many different cities and countries that are investing in safe street infrastructure, and they're seeing the results of that action, of those choices. In the United States, in Chicago, we're not doing that. We're taking re- taking things really slow. We're doing really piecemeal approaches, and we're seeing the results of that of of, the, of us of our inaction. Michael, how many people are we talking about when we say use you know use their bicycle or walking across Chicago? You know, any given day in Chicago, we know that you know. Uh, over a quarter of households don't have access to a vehicle. So all the people in that household are going to be walking or biking or taking transit. You know, uh, transit commute to work is another proxy. About a quarter of Chicagoans take uh, the CTA or Metra or another form of transit um, to work. So we know all those trips are happening on foot or by bike, even part way. But with biking, for example, one thing advocates have been asking for for a long time of the city is a bike counter on some of our busier routes so we can actually see see how many people are using these routes on a day-to-day basis. These are being put in by a lot of new infrastructure projects in a lot of um, European cities that are investing in biking. Um, Paris has been rapidly building out their bike network, and they're 
I recently saw a tweet um, of one of their bike counters on one of their bigger new uh, bike lanes, and they've already reached over 2 million rides this year. So, you know, that's that's a lot of people biking, and that is just one street in one city. What's a city policy that, if passed today, would make it safer for, for cyclists, for, for folks out here walking themselves, their dogs, you know? In terms of actual specific city policies, there's one ordinance that Alderman Matt Martin, he's um, the alder of the 47th Ward, and basically the gist of the ordinance is that if there is a basic resurfacing or street construction project, that when that project is done, it or it is being completed, it has to integrate improvements to pedestrian and bike safety infrastructure as well. You know, the idea being that, hey, we're ripping up the road to put in, you know, a new sewer line, or we're just doing a basic resurfacing. If we're doing this construction now, we may as well integrate all of this other construction in because it's a a smart cost saving tool because you're already spending the money on the labor, the time, the machines, the material. So you can just go ahead head and integrate this double into up. it. Triple yeah, up. double up. Mm-hmm. It's it's a cost saving things, it's a time saving things. Um and you know all it needs is the city has standardized street sizes. We just need standardized designs. That complete streets ordinance did pass back in March, but it doesn't go into effect until July 1st. We call back up with Kyle to hear what projects are underway to make cycling safer in Chicago. Uh, there's three projects right now that I think are really um, enticing. So one that's just being wrapped up is protected bike lanes on Augusta Avenue. Um, so that street had what we call buffered bike lanes, which are just basically paint buffers between traffic and the bike lane. What CDOT found is that they can actually just switch the parking and the bike lane and put a concrete barrier between the two really quickly and easily. So it preserves the amount of parking that's already there, but also provides way more safety and comfortability for cyclists. Another project um, that's been proposed is protected bike lanes on Milwaukee Avenue from Armitage to North Avenue. So kind of extending those ones that were installed just north of that further south. Another really uh, great one that's been proposed and I think is about to probably start work is on Grand Avenue. There's a long stretch along Grand that goes to the 1st Ward, the 27th Ward, and the 36th Ward um, that they're looking to do protected bike lanes on. They were going to rebuild the road anyway, so they were like, let's do protected bike lanes. I don't think this actually has to do with this specific ordinance having passed, but it's a great example of what is possible when you use that mindset in going and reconstructing a road. And it's a great example of how, you know, the city is starting to shift their focus on just in individual wards doing a project, but really creating connectivity between neighborhoods. All three of these projects are kind of in a similar area of the city, so we definitely still need to make sure that we're doing a citywide focus. Um, But I think all three of them really show what's possible when we start to shift our thinking about how we build infrastructure. The City of Chicago Department of Business Affairs and Consumer Protection offers a free entrepreneur certificate program for future and current business owners in Chicago. 
Participants must complete six webinars within six months in designated webinar categories. Graduates are eligible to apply for the CIBC Bank USA Entrepreneur Loan Program, a bank partner with BACP. The longstanding program was created to support startup or early stage small businesses, gain entrepreneur training with important working capital. Since the program launched, more than 1,000 Chicago entrepreneurs and business owners have successfully completed the program. Completing the process is as easy as one, two, three. Number one, register by signing up at chicago.gov slash BACP certificate. Number two, attend six webinars by registering for upcoming webinars at chicago.gov slash BACP webinars. And number three, graduate from the program and you'll receive your digital certificate and information on connecting with CIBC Bank USA. To learn more about the BACP Entrepreneur Certificate Program, please visit chicago.gov slash BACP certificate. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Better Streets is working to do more advocacy at the state level, but I don't know if many people are even familiar how the state interfaces with something like safer streets in Chicago. So, so what can the state do that would you know get down to us? The state controls a lot of the funding and the decision making for how transportation funding is spent in Illinois. Um, there have been a few successes a few years ago. Um, the Active Transportation Alliance was able to get successfully get a bike walk fund integrated into the Illinois Department of Transportation, also IDOT, into their budget, which guarantees a certain um, a certain amount of money be spent on those types of uh, projects. But you know, the state is still investing tens, hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars, into highway expansion projects. So we need the state to not only start unleashing more funds for walking, biking, and transit. And not just in Chicago, but in suburban communities, in the smaller cities downstate in Illinois. So we really need Springfield and the governor um, and IDOT to both change its funding formula to make sure that these projects are getting invested in at minimum at the same rate as roadway projects. And because of our needs and the changes we may need to make, Fundamentally, we need to start investing in those more than road and highway projects. So um, this is, again, one of those things where, like, pay attention to who's running for the state assembly and who's running for the state senate. Um, Keep an eye on where money is going from IDOT. Like, if they announce a new highway expansion project, that should be a red flag immediately. Why are we doing it? One thing that a lot of people don't know is that IDOT actually controls some of the most dangerous roads in Chicago. If you think Irving Park Road, Cicero, Pulaski, all these big, wide roads, uh, Western Avenue, those are all not controlled by the city. And a lot of times there have been proposals to do safe streets projects on them, and they've been curbed by the state. 
I mean, if any of us walk outside of our door, it's pretty clear who streets and roads are designed for. And it's it's cars, it's drivers. So if we want to make streets safer. Let's start with drivers. Uh, Kyle, what can drivers do that would make other people safe on the road, whether they're cyclists or pedestrians? I think a lot of the things that drivers can do are, are really simple things that they've already been taught to do, but uh, but oftentimes ignore it. Um, so, you know, one thing is just slow down. Um, there's a real major epidemic of speeding in Chicago, and it feels like it's built into our culture. Um, but it's something we got to change. Speed kills. Um, another thing is distracted driving. A lot of people are using their phones while they're driving, and it is so incredibly dangerous. I got into a real nasty accident on 79th and Stony Island in South Chicago. Someone was texting and driving while I was making a left on that scary-ass intersection. Oh, man, that intersection so bad. They spun me out and practically pushed me into the into the Taco Bell parking lot. And so, Oof. you know, between just those few, what, what are some other things that, that drivers can do? Slowing down, paying attention while you're driving. Don't park in bike lanes. Um, you know, it, sometimes it might seem hard to do, especially, you know, if maybe you're a gig worker, you're either delivering food or you're picking up or dropping people off. Um, you know, maybe instead of drop, drop, dropping off directly in front of the place that this person is going to, can I go a hundred feet forward and pull into a parking spot and then paying attention when, you know, if you're opening doors, there's this really great thing called the Dutch reach um, that (laughs) was come up with by, by the Dutch when they were grappling with a lot of these things back in the seventies. A lot of people were getting doored when people were opening car doors and opening them into cyclists. So instead of opening with your left hand, open with your right hand and that forces you to move your body into a position where you can look over your shoulder and you can see who's coming so that you know that you're not opening your door into somebody. Michael, I understand that, you know, the 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 weight of responsibility is different. One person is themselves on a bike or just, you know, walking. The other person might be in a thousand pound vehicle. But when we look at cyclist behavior or education, you know, what's something that cyclists can do to better protect themselves on the road? I mean, yeah, it's hard for me to answer this one because this is very much a it's not an equal. This is not an equal sided thing. Exactly. You know, somebody in a bike who's you know, has a 50 pound bike and maybe weighs 150, 180 pounds, that physically just can't compete with a two ton vehicle, even moving 30 miles per hour that, you know, that's pretty much, you're likely to get killed. If you're a pedestrian, it's even more likely. That said, there are definitely things that we would advocate for. And there's also, we advocate for the infrastructure to support this. For example, doing a box turn for uh, left turns, which is instead of using the actual left turn lane, like a lot of cyclists will do, you cross and then you take the turn once you've crossed the street. So basically like if you were a pedestrian. But I also want to point out though too that I think a lot of the the so-called bad behavior that drivers will complain about from cyclists is often something that is very defensive. I ain't gonna lie though, on a bike, if I don't see cars coming, I'm more likely to fly through the stop sign than if I was in the car. I'm well, not even gonna, I would just fly through and that's not good behavior. Mm-hmm. And so well, I, I know it's not always defensive on my end. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'd be offensive out here. Well, it's one of those things that we have to think about though, how it's done. So for example, there's actually something called the Idaho stop, which basically states that at a stop sign, drivers must stop, but cyclists may treat it as a yield as opposed to a stop sign. And that decision was 
arrived at because of a few things. One, a vehicle simply has to stop to make sure that they are moving through the streets safely. Even if you're a really big person on a bike, you're still not a car like there's there's you know you can you can still very stop very quickly and that's why the idaho stop for example is something that a lot of people a lot of places have been adopting as official policy one thing i would suggest from from a behavioral standpoint and it's particularly geared towards drivers as someone who didn't do a lot of cycling for a while and only primarily drove if you have the time if you have the means Get on a bike and get out into these streets. It changes the way you look at the streets. I have been in some cars with people I know who ain't on bikes because the way they talk about people on bikes, the way they constantly, you know, may berate, why are all these people out here? Well, well, because there are bike lanes and because people should also have access to the street. The street isn't just for cars. And so if you are someone who drives primarily, maybe getting out on a bike on this, the streets of Chicago will, will kind of change the way you see things. Kyle Lucas and Michael Podgers are with Better Street Chicago. We appreciate y'all stopping by CityCast today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. South Suburban Dixmore broke ground on a new water line Monday. Due to 100-year-old pipes, the village has routinely dealt with multiple boil orders, water main breaks, and shutoffs in recent years. Free bike lessons for kids age 6 to 12 begin today at Washington Park and McKinley Park. Classes are weekly until August 1st, and you have to sign up for a slot. Check the link in the show notes for more locations. If you're excited to watch movies outside this summer, we've got the perfect list for you. Newsletter editor Sidney Madden has got drive-ins, got parks, even rooftop cinemas. Head over to Hey Chicago at chicago.citycast.fm for the complete list. And some good news. The Garfield Park Conservatory is hosting a Juneteenth community picnic tomorrow from 4 to 7 p.m. All you got to do is reserve a free spot at the conservatory during that time. They're also home to this weekend's 1865 Fest. I'll drop a link to the festival in the show notes. As always, we appreciate you for listening. I'm here same place, same time tomorrow. And by same time, that means whenever you got some time to listen. Whenever that is, I'm going to appreciate it. I'll talk to you then. Peace. All right, and a one, and a two, and a ba-da-bam. Bring the mic up to my face just a little. Move this over to the left so I can see it. Move the zoom over to the other side so we can record. Whew.